Y'all ready to be history? It's starting. Welcome. Hi. 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 Hello, everyone. To the Pro Audio Suite. Thanks to Rode Microphones. These guys are professional. They're motivated. Introducing Robert Marshall from Source Elements and Someone Audio Post, Chicago. Darren Robbo Robertson from Voodoo Radio Imaging, Sydney. Tech to the VO Stars. George the Tech Whitam from LA. And me, Andrew Peters. Voiceover talent and home studio guy. Line up, Andrew's internet sucks. As best as I can tell, Andrew's actually fallen off his Vespa during the week or something. He's disappeared somewhere. I don't know where he's gone. I thought he didn't pay his internet bill because no one's paying us on Patreon enough. <laughs> that's right. That's it. Exactly. Oh, that's where the money from Patreon goes. That's where the, to the yeah. internet for Andrew. Andrew's for internet Andrew. connection. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Because yeah. he lives in the asshole of the world, there's no real sort of, you know, 5G or 4G or or, or um or, or phone connection down there. So unless he's got his cable connected, he's screwed. He's oh, off boy. He, he well, basically doesn't exist to us, right? right exactly. Like, <laughs> but we thought it might be a good idea to uh, have a quick chat about uh, some of the Black Friday deals we picked up for I me. I believe it's a good idea. Yeah. Well, I mean, Robert, you were saying you scored a, a, a Plugin Alliance package. Is that right? Yeah, I, I grabbed the Plugin Alliance uh, Mega Bundle, I think it's called. And the main reason why I did that was actually because in the studio where I'm doing music, I, I have a Pro Tool system with a HDX card in there, actually. And... To use the power of the HDX card, it uses specific plugins, kind of like the Apollo system uses specific plugins that run on the DSP chips. Um, but the Apollo plugins don't run on the uh, on the DSP cards for Pro Tools, and it just seems beneficial to have some plugins that run in DSP and not in native mode. So you're able to monitor in really low latency in a similar way, except you're doing it inside of Pro Tools not on that console on the side of the Apollo. So the Mega Bundle as a a HDX A whole bunch of the plugins are DSP, which run on the HDX chip, exactly. Ah, okay. And so, and and not enough of them, to be honest, because I I began playing around with it. It's like, you you know, you see which ones are and aren't, but their, their plugins are also just really good. They have a whole slew of emulations of specifically consoles. And then they have your classic, um, like compressors that some of them are not named exactly. For instance, they don't have an LA-2A, but they definitely have a plugin in there that acts and feels and can be like an LA-2A. Yeah, they're not allowed to call it that. Universal owns that. I'm looking at the the list. list, It's insane. It's huge. The Mega Bundle is insane. It is gigantic. Yeah. And there's there's like some fun stuff. Like there's that that Amec 9098 console, which Mm -hmm. is just a fabulous channel. If you kind of like the... The API channel, mm-hmm. which is like the only one that has a gate in there in a way, that and the SSL. Yeah. As far as like a good gate. I like those. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like that, that AMIC channel has got a limiter and a compressor and a gate. And it's, it's pretty sweet. Like, yeah. They've got Alicia plugin uh, emulation. They've got a lot of, they've licensed a lot of actual yeah. brand names, Grant Galleon, Kruger, Head. That, that, that Millennia compressor is really nice. Mm hmm. In there. The I was TCL, that. yeah, I, f- I forget what it is. It's like a black. Yeah, looks like it's got two two uh, VU meters in the middle. TCL two, yeah. I'm looking yeah. at I'm looking at the list on their site. Yeah, it's it's a wow. It's and a and hell also of a deal. and also some of the SPL stuff, which is yeah. like funny enough for adding distortion. There's a saturator plugin from SPL that's got two knobs on it. Mm-hmm. There's <laughs> the attacker. Really <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's the attacker. There's a D verb. 
from yeah, not, I haven't played with that. It's, yeah. I think it's too. Uh, Shadow Hills, which is pretty neat stuff. So, yeah. uh, even if I were to buy it today, not on special, it's what does it cost? It's like, uh, well, they sell them all outright and they're not like waves. So, usually when they sell the plugins, each plugin is $250 or so. Mm. They're not $99. So, if you were to get it all perpetual licenses, I think they say it's like over $20,000. Wow. But then they do something else, you know, not to sound like a spokesman, but they can definitely send me a check if they'd like. <laughs> um, you you pay for the bundle and then you get that money back in a, you can just go buy any plugin. I saw that. Yeah, it's and, then, and, then, and then you own it. So it's like, like the way they phrase it is like, you know, you have the whole bundle, you find a few favorites, you buy them outright and then you're done. You don't have to keep on subscribing. If you just have, you know, like two or three years, you get effectively only two or three plugins. So, That's a really yeah. clever business model. It is, isn't it? Like, yeah. Because they, they can make money on the rental, because you can continue to rent for as long as you keep sending the money. Or you can just, after you've decided what you want, just keep what you want for good. So Correct. It's a really, really smart right. business but model. I, but I guarantee yeah. you, it, you, you won't, you will find good stuff in there all over the place. Yeah, and so cool. you're, you'll be hooked. And then you'll start using that stuff in your mixes, and then you'll and just need it long-term. Yeah, well, you're... I'm actually just flicking through it now, and there's probably— Well, it's $25 a month. Yeah, yeah. and there's probably half a dozen things I've seen and right. gone, oh, that'd be fun to play with. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll tell you what, some of their—there's some biometric plugins in there. Okay. Or something, biome. I mean, the creative capabilities of those is insane. Hmm. They're really, like— Voice changing insanity, like mm-hmm. pretty cool. That 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 bio, I think it's called Biome or something. Sure, it's not Brainworks because there's a ton of Brainworks. Well, Brainworks is one of their main things, and Brainworks gotcha. are the main ones that have done the DSP mm-hmm. plugins because yeah. it's like I get the feeling with Plugin Alliance that they have it's like a group of like people that make plugins and then they're all selling through yeah. this common place. They're like kind of banding together, yeah, like a collective. It's like a yep. collective. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is it just me, or does it feel? Do you guys feel like everybody at the moment is trying is coming up with saturation and distortion plugins? It seems like wherever you look, all the time, there's just a yeah. bunch of them. It just it must be the flavor of the month or something. Well, n- well, not not just plugins. I mean, there's like vulture culture, like four and five thousand dollar boxes that do it. Yeah, it's all in the same thing as tape emulation, right? It's yep. all just like good distortion plugins of some sort. I mean. It can't be that hard to make if there's that many of them. I I think, I, yeah. There's one in here in your bundle that I've come across called Warble. It just says Warble is the ultimate vintage tape modulation and lo-fi effect that makes everything yeah. you throw at so, it sound So I was special. playing with that. It's like it, it can make it it can make it sound like all like tapey and lo-fi. I was yeah, just right. playing with that because I I of course stayed up until like four in the morning, like oh I'm just gonna install it and then you start like. <laughs> ripping through plugins and you're like all of a sudden the clock. <laughs> yeah. Well, the so, other one that takes my eye uh, is the, the no, no novel tech vocal enhancer. <laughs> Another one of these one stop. Hey, one. we make your vocals sound better. And they never seem to. I, I think a lot of those, like I, I had my experience with this. Um, I think, every, I think every engineer has gone through this at some point. I, I did this in early college with a band or something. And it's like, 
For me, you got the BBE. Remember that one, Robbo? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember that one. Okay. And you're like, oh, this is so good. It's so good. I love it. I put it on everything. It's just great, great, great. It's MSG and t- for audio. Until mm-hmm. one day you just utterly ruin a recording with it. <laughs> like MSG for, f- MSG for yeah. food. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> Too much like, MSG. And then, and then all of a sudden you realize that like, even when you didn't ruin it, some of your other recordings were probably even a little bit compromised. Mm-hmm. And, and you regain the appreciation of just a pure signal off the mic. And, and then you realize like, yeah. So a lot of these like enhancer <laughs> plugins and things, it's like, well, see, there you go. It is like yeah. MSG because, you know, you you put in too much of it and then you become allergic to it. So it is just like MSG. You, yeah, well, you become unaware of it because you like it so much that that's you're right. like, you, you think you think that's normal. And then your body goes, and now enough. you're like, in, right? like, my ear just like scraped off. <laughs> it's funny though. <laughs> what, uh, what plug-in bundle did you, did you well, land I went on? With the, I went with the Slate oh. Digital one. Um, only because I'd had I I there's a um an EQ in there and of course now I'm talking about it it's gone out of my head but it um <laughs> it does it's a, a center and side um EQ uh, all oh MS one. yeah and I've I've been playing with that just over my mixes and and I'd sort mm-hmm. of I'd wanted to get it I I downloaded the demo and and did that for the seven days and went okay well you know when the time comes I'll grab it so honestly I really just grabbed it for that and but there's some really great compressors and stuff in there there's one called the Gray um, which I've started using on um, well a bus that I set up when I in my mix uh, is is it like an LA two A like is it Gray is it's, it called Gray because it's the LA no it sounds a bit like an LA two A probably. Um, but no, it doesn't look okay. anything like one or sort of work anything like one. I'm it's not. Just, it's not two knobs. It's more than two knobs. Um, yeah. But it's really nice, and it's. I've I've stuck that across. My my mix comes down to sort of two stereo buses. One where my all my vocal content goes out, and the other and another bus where all everything else goes out. So music effects goes out. And I've been there using go, it on you there. Just learned a new I thing. Stuck it on there. Sorry. No, you did. Everybody listening just learned it. Learned a technique. There you go. Oh, yeah, sub, yeah. Well, mixing. The main reason is because I, I another trick I learned from a friend of mine about six months ago was sticking a sidechain compressor across that bus. So for for radio, if you get it right, you can get it to give your voiceover just that bit more kick by just sort of compressing everything that's going on underneath it on sort of a really fast you're, attack. You're side-chaining the whole mix to the voiceover? Yes. Sorry, that that That's not a ducker? Bus. It's kind of like a ducker, a ducker, I guess, but it's... Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a ducker. Yeah, but it, it works really fast on attack and release, and it just it seems to yeah. give... Just gives so I'll, I'll, I'll give you the second version of that that I, that I like to do, is you take a multi-band compressor, mm. and now you don't knock down the whole music track. You just take out, like... The mids, two maybe? to six k, and yeah. sidechain yep. that. Scoop out the mids. Yep. Scoop out the mids and make some room for the voice, but it doesn't That's sound cool. like the whole music is dropping out of nowhere. There's mm-hmm. a plugin that I use further back in my mix um, of, like, that actually does that for you. It's called Track Spacer. It's incredible. I use it where if I've taken a vocal sample from an a cappella or something and stuck it over a different music bed, I use it on the on the music bed with and sidechain that vocal grab to it. To sort of carve out some space for the um, for that track spacer. Yeah, track spacer. It's it's not really expensive. It's pretty cheap actually. From memory, I've had it for a while now. It's yeah, because I, I use the Waves C6 for that. Yeah, 
Yeah. Is what, is well, that's what, is, what is I did what before I, I found Trackspacer, to be honest with you. So I'm looking at it now. The only thing that scares me about Trackspacer is it looks like it kind of does it so granular. Like, like, have you ever played with the plugins that take a, a print of someone else's voice and then, or EQ of a mix, and then you try to apply that EQ to a different mix? Yes. Yeah, well, Isotope does that. You can like, do that in Isotope. In uh, Isotope Ozone. does that in Ozone. Um, yeah, in yeah. Sony there, there, there was a plugin in 1996 from Pro Tools that did it from uh, Saint Croix, the guy that used to write articles from yeah. uh, from Mix Magazine. He made Paris and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, same thing with that one. Like, if you go for the hundred percent match, it sounds like ass because mm-hmm. it's just too much of a comb filter mm-hmm. trying to mm-hmm. like. But then if you Get if you use the percentage and you say maybe I'm going to use thirty or fifty percent, you can get it closer and it still sounds natural because it's not trying to be the whole. So so the C6 the sidechain multiband compressor method is using just like one band. Yep. This track spacer looks like it's using. Well, you can. It, it is highly manipulable. Manipul- it, there's you can yeah. actually drill down further. There's only three knobs on the front. There's low cut, high cut, and right. then the amount. But you can actually, there's a button. 32 uh, bands. Yeah, so there's a button that you can actually get in there and you can adjust everything else. Right. Um, Trax picture sort of features a 32 band EQ. So yeah. instead of a one band, it's a 32 band. That's right. And you can you can adjust attack and release times and all that sort of stuff mm-hmm. in the background. But right. um, those three on the front so, are the main ones. So, so do you know who else uses um, Slate is, I, I think, uh, Mr. Silverman. Oh, yeah, Andrew said that. He thought that uh, Jeff was a bit of a Slate Digital fan. Yeah, he was a big fan of their mic mimicker thing. You know, like the yeah. you, mm-hmm. you get their microphone and then you can use any other microphone in the library, similar mm-hmm. to the Townsend or the Antelope. But I think a very affordable version of it. These guys um, were first to that market. They had it before. They, they, they were second to it. I, I think Townsend was ahead of them, to be honest. Mm, yeah, you sure? maybe. I I, it's close though. Question. I mean, yeah. I mean, really, actually, the first one was uh, uh, the slate. Who, though the slate was a cardioid. And Tari's yeah. fixed pattern. You know, when Townsend oh, came out, slate's mic is clearly not as. It's certainly not the antelope mic, and and not the Townsend. It's it's well, a, yeah, it's a it's, it's a Chinese it's, mic. Well, it, well, it's it's a mono output. I mean, they may have yeah. a stereo one now, but it's a mono output mic. So Townsend Lab takes that to a, another dimension because it's right two capsules. It's, it's truly multi pattern. Yeah, you can and, really. Really the the it. antelopes do both. They have some right. lower priced antelopes that do one capsule and then yeah, others the edge, that do right. edge mics. Mm. Um, but the first yeah. ones to do it was with no capsule was uh, Antares head mic modeler. Yeah, I've, yeah. And there's <laughs> been preamps like the TC Gold uh, Gold uh, channel that had that as well. But you oh. know, a modeler only works if the mic that you're using as a source mic was used to calibrate you mean all the that model. Stuff that Antares <laughs> was telling me in the in the early, in the late '90s is bullshit. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, it, it's just an effect, you know. Like, how can you model an SM57, but the source? Make, is I know. A, it's like if you don't give it the the signal in the first place, right. how can you make it sound like that? I know it was yeah. it was always known that it wasn't, but they were the first to start to market the yeah. concept of like have a cheap mic and make it sound mm-hmm. great. Well, yeah. Slate. So this also access pass. I'm scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. Like it's there's an insane a lot of stuff, stuff there. Huh? Yeah. Which one's more, yeah. Plugin Alliance or Slate? <laughs> Jeez, I can't I remember saying. what I paid for Slate. Uh, pretty sure it was no, around which the twenty dollar mark. I'm pretty sure that oh, which one has more? I think I think the Plugin Alliance oh, one would actually. Looking at what you got, really, Slate's got an interesting pricing model. 
they have a $25 a month, no strings attached. So, you know, cancel anytime. Yeah. They have a $10 a month for the first six months. Then it slides to 15 months, but it's a one-year contract plan. And then there's the 150 just pay it up front a year plan. So they've got three different pricing models. So for Slate, they they don't have any, or am I wrong, but I don't think they have any um, DSPs though. For me, that was... No, no, no. no. It's all native, mm-hmm. as far as I can tell. Yeah, it's 100% pretty uh, native. Yeah. Well, that's why. You I see, went see, if Waves had made DSP plugins, I probably never, never would have done Plugin Alliance. Right. If you, if you could run Waves on your DSP, I wouldn't. Have, I never would. Did have we even ever talk to them? Because yeah. when we interviewed the fellow from Waves, did Michael? we ever yeah, ask him about he, that? Yeah, why he they, explained it to me. It's like basically, and I understand because of development costs. Yeah. Avid changes the chip that they make their plugins for. Mm. And you have a gigantic library of plugins. This is mm-hmm. like millions of dollars mm-hmm. to rewrite all your stuff with this new plugin format. So Waves was like, eh, with this new chip format. And you're like, right, yeah, we'll, we'll make our own DSP box. And that's what they did. Yeah, makes yeah. sense. And, and, make and that's, sense. that's what the Digi, DigiGrid or whatever they call it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And yeah. so for me, I was like, well, God damn it. Like, <laughs> now... Now it's not the same, and I, I, I basically, honestly, still use a lot of Pro Tools ten systems for that reason because Waves yeah. is 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 all I needed and need, and still is mainly what I need. And this other stuff is really fun. There, there just happens to be an HDX system that I've got access to, and so why not kind of light it up and see what fun you can have with it, kind of thing. But you do miss it. You do like you know you you get in a flow and and the, and you use the stuff that you use and you know it and you're like all right now I got to go spend until four in the morning to go see what I've got now. <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? I um I because I probably like you I work off templates in Pro Tools. So you know you say you like we're, I'm recording on a template now. You know I've got a Pro Audio Suite template. I've got a radio imaging template. I've got a you know, right. TV template. Blah blah blah. But um yeah you do you sort of you buy and you hold you suite of plugins and then. You sort of go, oh shit! Now I've got to adjust my template. But I guess I what I tend to do. I don't know about you, but I tend to sort of open up a session um, and save it as you know new template or something like that. And then I, I sort of I'll I'll change out plugins that I've been using and switch in some of the new ones, and then sort of just save that session as my template. So I've sort of used a real life job to set up my new template. Which I kind of find works for me. I'd say that for me, I probably have some revelation two or three times a year that I actually modify my template. And it's usually more about the routing, just because a lot of the external sound design and things that that I do, I guess I'm often not using as many plugins to achieve it. And it's more editing and working with sound effects. And then when I do use a lot of plugins, it's like, well, let's pitch it up and I'll just hit it with an audio suite plugin. So it's not like in my mixer. It's all processing. Or I'll line a whole bunch of sounds up and put some reverb on it and find a reverb plugin that I like. And it's all this thing. And then I'll just knock it down to a file and and put it into the mix because after a while, it's just done. <laughs> Treat it like a single sound effect. You can move quicker. Amazingly, by locking yourself in, you can move quicker in the end. And you always have that file, that session that you used as like a 
sort of paint palette to make a sound with a bunch of crazy plugins. Mm. How about yeah. you, George? Do so you do you use plugins when you're creating stacks for people that they already have, or do you recommend they buy certain plugins? How do you work with that stuff? Yeah, I mean, for me, it's a I've had to learn to adapt to whatever tools were available to me. It'd be like I'm kind of like a um a nomadic engineer who has to sit down in the control room of any other artist and just figure shit out. Yeah, and just deal with what you think. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I've been hogtied many times to and forced to just use whatever's in the box because my philosophy has been since the very beginning of doing this is that the tools are already there. You just don't know how to use them yet. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now, there, there are definitely specialized plugins these days that do very unique things. I mean, that aren't going to be bundled in a DAW. You know, there's reasons why these plugins exist. But I feel like if if you know how to use the Expander plugin in Pro Tools, it's going to do, do a really, really good job. Oh, yeah. It's got all the parameters you need. Yep. Uh, the parametric equalizer, the seven band. You might want another band or two. Got it. Load another one if you need to. But you can always get a lot you don't, out of you it. You don't need more than that, probably. Yeah, and it gets, That's a very flexible EQ. It gets really tight with the Q. Is there can, a graphic that comes with Pro Tools? I don't think no. there is. Right? So no, if you want no a graphic, graphic, you might need a graphic EQ. So every DAW has a certain amount of plugins that are functional. But for, for the needs of a voiceover, it's it's minimal, right? I If I use more than four plugins in a chain, it's unusual. It's because... I need two EQs for some reason. I need a pre-compressor and a post-compressor EQ, or I need a de-esser. You know, I just can't get around it. So, you know, then maybe I'll need more. But um, for the most part, I'm using the, the plugins that come in the box, quote-unquote. Like Twisted Wave, it doesn't come with any, but what it's doing is using the AU plugins that every Apple computer comes with. Yeah. People, if you've never yeah. used Twisted Wave, you probably wouldn't have no clue that every Mac has a suite yeah. of plugins. They're of already course. there. Are yeah. they the best tools in the world? Heck no. Um, do the inter- is their interfaces make sense all the time? No. Um, but I've gotten used to it. Well, right? the so, interfaces are usually just a pile of sliders. And well, yeah, they were. A meter that's, you, that's a good, they were back in the day. They did add a better GUI to them. Um, so they all have a GUI layer now that makes them a lot usable, more usable. Mm-hmm. But uh, they used to be like that, exactly. So I mean, do yeah. you... Do you know what comes with a really good sounding set of plugins actually is is Logic. Right. Yeah, with well, Logic you're getting the Logic's own plugins which I'm yeah. sure they brought in when they bought Logic from whoever they bought E-Magic. it from. E-Magic, right? Yeah. And but the compressors also, are really good in there yeah. and the it's like you have everything you need in the same way that Pro Tools gives you everything that you need. I mean, any modern DAW or recording program does any of them come with a truly bad plugin? Like if you load a Not compressor anymore. or whatever, does it sound no. garbage? Okay. What's, no. What's like the, like even the Reaper plugins, which look insane complex. Yeah. You know, those are still also deadly effective, and they do their job without a problem. They just don't have a pretty GUI. I would say the only DAW that comes with a bundle of plugins, where some of them are just really badly designed, would be Audacity. Um, <laughs> like their expander gate has a single slider for the attack and the release. Oh, really? Like that is dumb, dumb, dumb. Like yeah. if it was designed by an engineer. Audacity tries to be too easy. Well, yeah, right. but it still has seven parameters you can fart around with. But one of them is not 
one of them independent releases. The yeah. yeah, so yeah. it's like ah, I guess I'll put it around minus. I put it around twenty milliseconds. It's it's okay, you know. After and it's con- closing too quick. Yeah, it's like <laughs> so. That's you know that's what that's what you get with Audacity, right? It's a real mixed bag. So if someone's on Audacity, I will almost always ask them to install a plugin called TDR Nova, and TDR Nova is a really really good um, free compressor and EQ plugin. So it's a multi-band compressor EQ. So you can use it for DSing. You can use it for wide band compression. You can use it as just a parametric EQ. It does all, it does all that stuff and it's free. So I hate using the audacity EQ. I can't, you listen to me guys, you will not believe this as engineers. You cannot audition the sound of the EQ while you're adjusting the EQ. Oh, really? <laughs> so I, I, I liken it to Crap. this. Like, it's like being a painter, right? So you take your, you have your canvas, you grab the right brush, you, and then right before you put it on the canvas, you put on a blindfold. That's right. And go and then for you it. Reach over and touch the <laughs> can. And then you take, I, and then you take the blindfold. A, oh, that's pretty cool. I have a better, I have a better, better one for you. One of my favorite uh, movies. Do you know uh, uh, UHF by Weird Al? Oh, God, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Spatula City. Where, yep. There's a scene where there's a blind guy <laughs> sitting on a park bench next to a bum, like a homeless guy. <laughs> and the blind guy's got a Rubik's Cube. So he makes a turn and he hands it to the bum and the bum goes, nope. And then he hands it back to the blind guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I love Weird Al. His brain is just, he's a comedic genius. He's so funny. <laughs> Um, that could have been Michael. Uh, what's his name? Um, who played the janitor? In the- Michael. Oh, what's his? Uh, he was in freaking. Well, well he, was, he, was he was. He was in the Seinfeld. Yeah. What's his name? Michael Richards. Michael yeah. Richards was the janitor. How Kramer. funny! How funny was that? Um, yeah. He's like, you can drink from the fire hose. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> kids, now you can drink from the fire hose. You know, and they get blasted. It's such a great movie. It's so stupid and funny. Um, <laughs> so anyway, that's what it's like using the native EQ in Audacity. So in TDR Nova, it has a proper preview button. You can click that and you can tweak your EQ the way you normally would. So so I often will make some, I'll say in my long list of instructions on how to import your Audacity uh, macro as I make them, install TDR Nova because you'll be using, this is going to be part of your, your macro. So that's a rare exception. So mostly I'm using the native stuff that comes with the system. If they so, want, so if they need mouthy clicking, then okay, go get Isotope RX, you know, and we'll put that in. So, so, so George, is, is, is this a common scenario? Cause here's, here's what's happened to me. Um, you're helping somebody out. They've got an Apollo, the precision EQ, and the precision channel, even the compressor on the precision channel is okay, but it doesn't have a gate and they just have to have a gate. Right. Um, so you're, you're reaching to the API. Oftentimes, yeah. Mm-hmm. For that, which is like $250. Yeah, there's often coupon codes, but still, yeah, yeah you're going to spend minimum $150. I, I always get them to get the legacy SSL. Uh-huh. Because I think it's like $150. Okay. And it pretty much has... Just about as good of a gate. Yeah, actually, I'm it not sure. It has an expander mode, right? So you it has, you click an, it has a true expander, mode. right? Yeah, it's uh-huh. not a gate; it's an expander. Yeah, yep. and yeah. that's got your channel EQ and your yeah. whatnot. And uh, yeah, but it's like similar scenario, right? You're just like, what do you what do you got here? Like you're rummaging through their <laughs> yeah. No, I, <laughs> their most people box. have the just the stock suite of plugins, um, and I'll and I'll know, and I'll look at their plugins, and I'll go, oh no, they don't have an expander. So let's talk about expanders and. Let's look at what coupon codes they gave you and what sales there are. You know, let's go find one. 
Um, do you know, you do know what drives me nuts about UA is that they put in every single demo. I know it's it's a oh, it's a devious thing that they do. <laughs> it's a, it's devilish. I mean, you can go in there and painstakingly remove every plugin you don't own or disable it, right? So they don't just show up. But it's super ta- it's super <laughs> tedious to do it. It's like no one's going to do it. They could easily have a checkbox that says disable all plugins that you don't own, right? But that's the last thing they're going to do because they want you to discover their plugins. They want you to that's right. To use of course them, they know? do. And yeah, and, yeah, they yeah. they just want you to buy them and then. And people often will see, oh, there's an update to you to the UAD console. I should install it, right? I'm like, no. Like if it's working, don't fart don't with it. Because all that yeah, exactly. all that update is for is to get so you have the newest SSL ten seventy three heritage blah 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 model. You know, it's like or the newest version of the the API vision or whatever. They just release new models of the API and a few other things. I, I, I like how they invalidate their old stuff. Like there's the legacy stuff, which oh, now they're happy crazy. to give away, and then like now there's the new a uh, LA two A. So that means that. Just like with Antares in, in the 90s when they lied to me about Mike Mon. <laughs> You'll never forget. That's right. And it's like they lied to me about that LA-2A, the first one. Apparently it wasn't really an LA-2A because now the new LA-2A is the new LA-2A. Mm-hmm. is the old LA-2A. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. There's the legacy. Yeah, they call them legacy, right? So there's a, a bunch of legacy plug-in models in uh, the UAD console. And yeah, this, this bit, bit me in the butt recently when I installed a new system and we were on a new console new install and I loaded the guy's presets and the API didn't within load. It wouldn't authorize. And they're like, no, 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 it's, it's a legacy plugin. It, you still have a license for it. And I'm like, yeah, show me where the heck is it? I mean, I couldn't find it. It was not there. And then a week later, after we farted around, you know, just gave up, they pushed an update and all of a sudden it worked. Imagine that. So <laughs> it was like, it. ah, see, you guys screwed it up. You yep. didn't even know. It. So the mm. moral of that story is if don't touch it, don't That's touch right. it. Do not go to, Ma- to Monterey. Yeah, don't go to Monterey. Okay. I'll, I'll, let's talk Monterey for five seconds. I have it now. Why? Because I bought a brand new MacBook Air from That's Apple straight from China because I wanted it to have 16 gigs of memory. And you have to buy it straight from Apple. Nobody else sells it. And it comes with Monterey. Because I just got it like last week. So far, so good. I'm not using Pro Tools on it yet. But it's running everything without a problem. Um, And I did test it with Source Connect today. Because you guys were able to push an update to support Uh it. And it works no problem. So kudos to you guys at Source Elements for... That was... um, Because everybody wants to buy the new Mac when it comes out. You know, it's so damn exciting. The new MacBook Pro with, you know, more power than God, you know, and you want to have it and you want to use it. And then it doesn't work with one or two critical things. And I mean, as a developer... Source Elements doesn't have an advanced release of the, of the gold Monterey release. No, and it's 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 just annoying. I mean, they they move quick, and 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 you're also trying to uh, you're still <laughs> debugging you're the last normally. update that they released. <laughs> yeah, you're 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 just trying to do your own course, and right. Apple is there like diverting you and messing you up, and yeah, annually that's annoying. Annually, yeah, and that's. Like your develop your your like release schedule is almost got to be tied to Apple's release schedule because you have no, to you be have, ready. You have to be you have to be just behind them or like right. You, you can't be right with them exactly. But exactly. you have to be a little bit reactionary. But as bad but as, as that is, at least it's predictable. Whereas in Windows, you're on build number nineteen oh seven. Just magic. <laughs> and then one day you're on, like and you're like, why doesn't stuff yeah. work? 
Oh, well, that's because you should be on build 1906. Well, when did that install? Well, probably on patch Tuesday when it automatically installed while you were asleep. You know, mm-hmm. that's, that's the difference. That's the difference. You go between those two worlds. Absolutely. You can, you can choose to not install Monterey. You can actually yeah, have the you, willpower to not click right. upgrade. If you buy a new computer, I understand that Apple won't do yeah, it. Yeah, you're stuck with it. Actually, there probably is a way to backdate it if you really. If you talk hard. to the right person at Apple, you could probably somehow manage to get Big Sur on a, on a new Mac because it's completely arbitrary. Like, okay, I bought a brand new MacBook Air the day it came out a year ago, came a Big Sur. I bought another one a year later because I wanted more memory, right? And it came with Monterey. Uh-huh. They're identical. Computers. Right, right, right. So the question is, do they purposely make it so you cannot put Big Sur on the Monterey machine? Well, I can't. Or can you go through the painful process of putting Big Sur on Monterey? I can't, uh, do, old, I can't uh, do it, but Apple could do it. Mm-hmm. Did, did you try it? I didn't try it because I just didn't, I didn't feel like bothering with it. Like, right, because it's going to take you a day. Yeah, and frankly, everything <laughs> pretty much did work. Like My theory right. is that Monterey is just Big Sur with a few new bits and pieces glued on. No, Monterey is different underneath. Is it really? It's, because Catalina and Big Sur like didn't break much, and 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 we were okay. able to like deal with it pretty easily. But Monterey is different. Oh, okay. It's enough. So to, I, I don't know our, exactly yeah. what it is, but it caused work. Got it. <laughs> not not the kind of work that you dealt with when Catalina came out or when Big. Yeah, like like Sur some updates out. are easy, and some updates are like boom. And, See, that's that's, and, that's interesting because Monterey came out a year after their new hardware came out. So I would have thought the real change was when Big Sur came out, but that's not well the case. because Rosetta or what's it called worked works well, right? So there, there's still that even when you catch up with something you didn't catch up, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> is Source Elements the newest as, uh, release? Uh, is it native or is it Rosetta? It, no, it's Rosetta. Yeah, it's on Rosetta, yeah. No, because it would be an incredible undertaking. Uh, that that's just not happening yeah. with three point nine. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Well, anyway. There you go. We, did, we digress. Well, back, on, back on free plugins, just quickly before we bugger off. Have you guys, either of you guys, come across Melda Productions? M E L D A Production. Now, they, you can download a free bundle which has got well, a whole bunch of stuff. There's an auto panner, auto pitch, compressor, reverbs, saturators, blah. There's about what? Uh, I'm just looking at it now in my audio suite. There's probably like 25, 30 plugins that you can download for free. Um, but mm-hmm. listening to what you were saying, George, about trying to sell you stuff, you can also, they've also got other ones that aren't free. Um, mm-hmm. But for free stuff, uh, it's actually quite good. And thinking about what you were saying in terms of EQs and compressors and stuff, I mean, even if you just downloaded those, their EQs and compressors, they're pretty good cool. for freebies. So um, let's see here. I'm looking at it right so now. In the free bundle, it says bundle, free magic slash. $30. Maybe they give you an option to pay or something. You can you can contribute. So so if you open up the the free ones, there's a little button down the bottom that says, "Hey, would you like to contribute?" which you can just ignore. It doesn't you don't Got have it. to. Um so it's, it's I, well, the, how, down the bottom it yeah. says, uh, it is free, but please upgrade if you can and make this disappear." So okay. you can if you well, want. Well, it's like Reaper. Yeah, that's what Reaper does. But it, it's It'll it's actually for forever. But yeah, hey, they, hey, they have a saturator, by the way. Yeah, for free. <laughs> I, and that's right, exactly. And I don't use them a lot, but when I do, they work nicely and they do what you want them to do and all that sort of stuff. So um, so yeah, thanks. I yeah, I mean, we we in for my use case, I don't need a lot. I don't ask for a lot, but I do need a few specific tools. So. Mm-hmm. 
It you looks like there's a lot of what there. I would need in here. I, yeah. I, I don't think the stereo expander is going to be what we want. <laughs> I think it's a different kind of expansion. Well, the, the, the equalizer has a sonogram in it or RTA, RTA or whatever. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Right, but, but there's no expander. Am I right? I'm looking. I think there is. Hang on. Not, yeah. not in the free bundle. Oh, not in the free bundle, no. Uh, I'm sure they have an expander. But I'm sure you would find one on the site somewhere that you probably have to pay for. Yeah, exactly. It's often They might get in trouble for the Mequalizer, Joe Meek. (laughs) Yes. Oh, the Mequalizer. Well, it is. But I do like the metronome. The metronome. metronome. The noise generator. Yeah. And the notepad. The notepad. They do have the... Well, I'll, I'll so they have a compressor, but no, no expander. I will, I will grab it and uh, yeah. give it. A, give it's so it a funny. Grab. I'm sure there's just like one number in the program where you just make it negative, and then your compressor is an expander. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like literally, I think they know that it's one of those plugins a lot of people need, and so we'll just leave that one out. Just like a, just like Universal does. Companies are very good often at knowing that one thing. But the other thing is, Universal never made an expander. Like, no, they don't have one of their own. They don't have, have to have one of their own. own. Like they, they don't have, yeah. there's no Yuri or Universal or Teletronics Expander. I, do you know that Mm-mm. they ever made one? I don't think so. Right. So all, all the plugins. Oh, did Universal themselves ever make one? Yeah. All mm. those plugins they give you for free are because they're the, they own those licenses. They're, they are their own licenses. That's why they're free. Yeah. But okay. So, but if you think about it, the, the um, precision channel sure. that has a compressor. Yeah. Like they could have put an expander in there. Do they is one of the precisions that you pay for an expander? It's not. No, they they, they don't have. That's what I'm saying. They don't. But that's not a piece of hardware. That's like a true. That's just a plug in. No, I know. It's it's, it's it's a fantasy hardware. Yeah. yeah, but it's it's weird that they don't. That it is odd that they left it out. So either someone that does designs for them said some we don't nobody needs it, or or what. I I think one of the reasons is this, like in the music world, for a lot of people, I think actually, since recording on digital workstations, where you want to gate something, you're better off just editing it and deleting it, right? Even if it's between toms, it's not that bad. You get a much better result than trying to have something react. You're not running a bunch of, what are they, Capexes anymore? Capex, yeah. So, so, So it's not as needed in the music world. And then when do you need it in the music world is when you're doing like weird gated effects with hi-hats. Right. Or, you know, like dance and music. And you're better off doing effects. it in your doll anyway. Where you can for, for like normal it. gating. Yeah, yeah. It's really an editing function right. more than a processor anymore. Makes sense. So not so there isn't as much of a need in the music world. And then, you know, here in voiceover, which is the other thing, which is why you don't need to process your audio in the first place. <laughs> because they're going to hear the gate, they're going to know that you're hiding it, and then they could d- delete it themselves. I, I have successfully <laughs> fooled engineers during Source Connect sessions while using the expander. Really? I've lived it to tell the tale. <laughs> huh. They should hear it. But you yeah. know this, Robert. Yeah, you were tangentially involved. Mm, I'm trying to remember now. Let's go back to Atlanta. To this oh, little pop-up oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When, you, when you used up my demo. Yeah, when I had to use an API... Channel strip. You use my demo, and I can't use it anymore. Yeah, I had to use an API channel strip to run the expander to pretend we were in a soundproof studio, <laughs> and it worked. I was like, yeah. oh my God, I just pulled that off. Yeah. And that was a Source Connect session. That was live directed commercial being performed by my 
X so, so here's the question. The pressure would they have was said on. something. Would they have said something if there was no expander there? Yeah, they did. That's why I turned it on. Oh, they did. Okay. But this was the clever part. This is where I was really being a you know a stinker. We left the door open. I'm sorry. They said, Do you have a door open somewhere? <laughs> and I said, <laughs> just a sec. <laughs> yeah. And I got up and I walked back and I had enabled the uh Expander and they were like, Expander, oh, okay, okay, that's oh, good. All right, you. let's go, let's go. I was like, <laughs> oh my god, yeah. <laughs> I fold. Yeah. If, if you know the rules of these processors, if the issue you're trying to hide is minimal enough, like that piano, for example, mm-hmm. if yeah, it was, was just, just gonna, I'm, I'm quiet enough, you could expand it out and nobody would notice. But if it Sage, goes beyond a certain threshold, I'm in a podcast. Say minus forty. It's not going to help. All it's going to do is call more attention to this Correct. thing because you're going to hear it jumping in and out at you, right? So expanders work to a degree. If your noise floor is low enough, it works great. You know, it can't be above, I don't know, let's say minus 40 or something. Yeah. And at that point, honestly, it is something that probably would have gotten deleted anyways because right. no one ever really, like you're cutting the voice and you're putting it in very specific places. And, and well, commercial, not, yeah. You're literally, yeah. it's like sound bites place this one here, place this one there. It's like in a vacuum, right? Pretty much. Yeah, and and and, and you usually end up, you know, I mean, I, I don't know, you can move fast and maybe you're leaving stuff off, but it's not that hard, you know, even with, uh, you know, tab to transient to get a tight edit on things. Do, do, you, do you mess with room tone a lot in a commercial mix? Like not, do you on, strip not in, on voiceover. No. Do you strip in a voiceover's room tone? Never. No, on a track no, no, no. Because I need room you tone? Do that, you do that with dialogue because the dialogue right. is too noisy to cut out. That's right. exactly the reason why. You can't get away with gating dialogue. Right. Um, so you have to, like, it's less noticed if it's always there than if it goes away. It's the right. whole feel the silence thing. Absolutely, yeah. Yep. But on voiceover, if it's not clean enough to basically just cut it tight, then that's that's bad. And that also depends on your music bed. So sometimes you take away that music and then all your dirty mm-hmm. underwear is there. But, <laughs> True. You, know, you made a couple of those over the years. It's not that bad. That's why audiobooks are tough. I mean, you, mm-hmm. you're... Because you're, you're out there in the open. You're out there in the open. They want to hear the room tone and they're compressing the bejesus out of it. I mean, the limiter... Oh, so it just pulls the room tone yeah, up. Yeah, it's real tough to, to what's, get what's the RM? What's the RMS that they expect on audiobooks? Minus 20. Wow, it's that no, that shouldn't be that compressed. Then that's yeah, because they're they're not doing narration; they're doing characters. So they're going from almost yelling uh, yeah. and screaming okay. to like speaking under their breath. So their dynamics see, are all see, over the that's, place. See, that's that's an issue. That's an issue where it should be mixed. Yeah, but there's no compressed. budget for that in audiobooks. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Nobody's sitting there mixing an audiobook. Sage! I mean, if they are. I would like <laughs> you can hear him squeak through his mute button. Uh Sage is testing out Robert. Well actually she's Sorry. testing out me to be fair. Talking What's your mute button, Robert? Because we could hear I, you. I didn't mute I didn't mute Robbo, so okay. it hit his headphones That's and funny. came back at you. Um Sorry, Robbo, that was your ear. Talking about dynamic range though, you know a show I've been watching lately that I've only just discovered. It's been around forever, but um TV show called Blue Bloods with Tom Selleck. Have you guys ever seen that? Heard of it? Do do yourself a favor. If you've got Paramount, put it on and have a listen. The dynamic range in that show is incredible. Like there are bits where I've actually got it. I've I've actually had to turn the TV up 
right? So I've actually had to turn the TV up to actually hear the dialogue. But then they'll be, they'll cut to a car chase or a gunfight scene or something because like, holy shit, I've just woken the whole fucking house up and you got to turn, yeah. quickly turn the volume you know, down again. Yeah, I that, don't know. that means who the, did the mix for broadcast didn't yeah, rebalance the that's dynamics right. for broadcast because that's yeah. for cinema and theater, you want all that. Mm-hmm. You want that. Back, I was just going right. to say, back in the day when we would do a commercial and it was for a cinema release, but it was before the Calm Act, then you'd have this commercial mix. It's just like in your face. Right. And then you have to do the, the cinema release of it and you'd have to make it like, you know, minus, I thought, what, what was it, like 80 L, LK? It wasn't LKFS at the time. It was a. Uh, LF, LF, whatever. It was Luffs? Dolby's thing. Luffs? Not, yeah, not Dolby? but it wasn't. Okay. There was a box that Dolby made. Really? <laughs> that you had to run it through. No way. It had XLRs in and out, and it'd give you a number. And I'm trying to remember what the... But it was it was sort of a predecessor to LKFS. Hmm. And um, yeah, you'd always have to like take all the compressors off and sort of... And then your mix falls apart a little bit, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> you'd be like... You like squeezed it together. That's right. And fix it in the now, mix. And now you have to like kind of rebalance a few things here. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, I wonder whether oh, that's yeah, it. So, I wonder yeah. whether they've done a, a separate episode or a separate mix for Paramount or something like that. Because it's a TV show. There's like it's like twelve years worth of episodes. So I wonder whether they've done like a Paramount remix or something like that. Because I can't believe that it would have gone to free to air TV like that. Yeah, maybe not a remix, but like a remastering. Oh yeah, re, sorry, remaster. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I don't think you. Well, it's it's that. enough of a problem that the company, the manufacturers that make like home theater receivers mm-hmm. and now like sound bars, compressors, on they them. actually yeah. have a function that does this. So yeah, right. It will auto level for you. So when yeah. when the commercial comes on, you don't get blown away. Hmm. Again, before Callmac, this was a nightmare. Remember, I mean, you get out of oh, you yeah. get out of a scene of a movie. Or a TV show, and then the commercial. Yeah, it's like, it was like yes. it was like the love scene was very uh-huh. quiet. Yeah, and then, and then like Bob's, Bob's mattresses. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was like brutal. Right? I, I think I think you more see like shows like Family Guy and whatnot, like making fun of that type of commercial. Mm-hmm. But I think more of what they're making fun of is like the difference between a local yes a local commercial made for Correct. like a business down the street sure. and a and national, national brand that actually yeah, has. Yeah. Yeah, the the smaller the market, the more antiquated or even (laughs) anachronistic the production might be. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, it's like bad green screening and like you know people looking directly in the camera. Yeah, I love the my favorite are the fake commercials on Reno Nine One One. You ever watch that series? I I I I, I can't think of any. I I know the show. Yeah, it's funny. Well, they do their own commercials. They're cops, you know, and they're they're reading script, obviously, you know, and they're just. Absolutely miserably bad, you know. <laughs> everything, the production value, the way they read their script for the commercial, everything is just horrible. You know, it's really funny. <laughs> and it might even be partly real because they're probably just making them cold read a script. But that show, and I'm really going way off the rails now, but that show is 100% or like 99% improv. So oh. all the scenes, they're just given a scenario. Here's what's happening. And then they, they riff. It's completely huh. improv. Wow. So when they make them do these fake commercials, now they have to cold read a script and they're just reading it. Yeah, right. <laughs> and it's terrible. It's so funny. <laughs> it's great. That's a great premise. Like. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, lo- I love that show. I love it so much. 
So the point is, find a free expander and let us know because we don't know of a good. Yeah, free who, expander. Who, who knows? If you know a good free expander, please let me know. Let in the, in the comments below. That's the first question that comes <laughs> out of this episode, and the second question I have is: We've been ranting now for like fifty minutes. We've gone yeah. from from Black Friday to expanders to plugins to TV shows to dynamic range. What what do I call this episode? <laughs> <laughs> I think the first 20, 10, Brain 15 spillage. minutes is the oh. episode and the last 30 minutes is for the, uh, the Patreon. Patreon listeners. Yeah. Yes. yeah. It's, so. it's thank you, NBN and Andrew. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> this will be our best showing episode yet. And what does that say? Right. Well, that was fun. Is it over? The Pro Audio Suite recorded using Rode NTG5s and Source Connect, edited by Andrew Peters and mixed by Voodoo Radio Imaging with tech support from George the Tech Wizard. Help us share the show with more people and get your hands on exclusive content by contributing to our Patreon page. See patreon.com forward slash Pro Audio Suite. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and join in the conversation on our Facebook group. To leave a comment, suggest a topic, or just say good day, drop us a note at our website. The Pro Audio Suite. Dot com.